0: Heroes, highlights, and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Yeah, it's a time for the Hero Hardship Highlight, the three H's podcast with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. We've got the cheese in studio. We just grabbed you, mate. We're going to do another one today. We saw you there with Woodsy, so thanks for coming to join us.
1: No, you're welcome. You're welcome. I don't know what we're doing, but... Okay, well, that's <laughs> pretty much
0: exactly what we do every single day. So it's basically hero, hardship and highlights. So we'll ask you, who is your hero? You can have a couple off field, on field, just someone that you look at and go, you know what? They're the reason why I do what I do.
1: Uh, my hero would probably be... Growing up was definitely Isaac Luke, so I was a big um, Bunny supporter. And just because the Waiheke Rams played in the same strip, we played in the green and red strip. Um, And yeah, Used to love him. He was a Kiwi, played hooker. He was a real good player. He used to always put on big hits, and that was sort of what I looked up for too. So yeah, it was definitely Isaac Luke.
0: Did you get to meet him at any stage? Have you had a chance to have a relationship
1: with him? Yeah, yeah I got to uh, meet him. I've got to play alongside him in the Maldives games. Um, get to play PlayStation with him all the time. He's a little bit of a nerd too. Ah. Um, so yeah, most Kiwis do love their their PlayStation, but yeah, it's um it's been a, a quite a wild ride and. Um, being able to share the field with him was definitely a special moment in mm, my life.
2: Yeah. When you talk about heroes, you know, you look at uh, mentors in and around the game. Um, you had Craig Bellamy there, and I, I love the relationship between you and Craig Bellamy because, um, you know, he's, you know, they like the Naughty Boys. It's Wayne, Wayne Bennett and I, you know, we have a good relationship, but you and Belzer, uh, you got along really well. And, you know, he was my coach for a little while too at the Broncos.
1: Yeah, like you said, he loves the Naughty Boys. He loves Cameron Munster, and he loves uh, myself, and um, he just built those relationships off of not really being scared of him and just kind of going at him. And I think it's something that he respects. And um, we've had a a lot of run-ins together, but at the end of the day, he treats me like one of his own. And um, if I ever needed anything, bro, I could ring him. If I ever needed anything, I could text him right now. He'd be able to reply. And, um, yeah, it's just I'm very fortunate that I'm in that position, that I've had such a great mentor like him and Frank Panisi as well. Yeah, I love Frank. Yeah, Mm. that have um, helped me through my career a lot and, uh, I owe a lot to them. I was talking to um, Woodsy in there about who's most influ- influential adult in my life and I said Craig Bellamy because he's taught me um, how to enjoy myself but also how to carry myself um, when I need to, when I need to be in that position. Well, if I think about Frank Benitez. Uh, Frank Benizzi, he was on the Kangaroo tour. We've had a few of the old boys
2: in here, and as as we did. He was one of the managers there on that '94 tour. So that's <laughs> how long he's been. In, he's like he's
1: been an OG. Yeah, the fossil. Yeah.
2: Is it the little chats that he has away from the forty with you? What like how does he make be, make him such a good mentor?
1: Well, he doesn't really. So he he doesn't really coach too much. Like. Mm. He, He's got the assistant coaches and Marky Bretnell and Ryan Hinchcliffe. They do sort of the heavy lifting when it comes to coaching. But when he talks in meetings and stuff, everyone listens because it's that that voice that's not being just you know diluted so much. You don't just hear him talk all the time, and he doesn't say something for the sake of say something. He says something when it when when it means something to him. And um, but he'll just grab you if you're walking and just sit you down and just have a chat about your life and like nothing about football and just. Yeah. Um, how's everything going and what's your parents up to and just stuff like that and it makes you feel more connected to someone like and um yeah, he's just he's just an incredible human being and he and he sets a good example. You'll never see him doing the wrong thing. Hmm. You'll always see him before training being in the you know, he's in the gym before you. Wow. Like when you pull up to the um preseason training, there's these stairs outside Amy Park and he'll be running those And he'll he'll do it on purpose, but he'll be (laughs) running those stairs up and down while you're driving into the car park because he knows like if you see that if you see I'm doing it, that means you have to come in and do it. So if you doesn't matter how you're feeling, you walk in as sixty year old man running the stairs before you like five thirty in the morning before you're about. Commands respect. Yeah, exactly.
0: Must be hard for you. Can you talk about? exactly what you've just spoken about with a smile on your face and with, you know, it must have been hard to leave that and come mm. to the chooks and stuff.
1: Yeah, it was definitely probably the hardest. That's probably part of this hardship, to be honest. Is it was the hardest decision I was, had to make, but I made it purely based on what I felt in, in my heart that I needed to do for my career. And it wasn't what I wanted to do as a person. Like, mm. I, I would have loved to have um, stayed at the at the Storm, but... what I thought was best for my career and what I wanted to do in rugby league and and try, you know, put my name forward for, you know, something special. And I thought I could do that at the Roosters. And um, Robbo kind of made me feel that way as well. So once I had that meeting with him, it was pretty hard not to take the offer. And um, yeah, you're going to go through these times, you're going to make hard decisions in life. And that was one of my hard ones. But I still have the love and respect. and, And I know that the club still knows that I love and respect them. And Yeah, they. I wish I could. I wish I could tell you how much I love the club without. Oh, we can see that. Yeah. You you can just tell. It's (laughs) it's 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 a. so it's a hard thing to to talk about, really.
2: Can I ask this? The, uh, the pressure of playing for someone at like the Roosters, obviously, in Melbourne Storm. There's a lot of pressure playing there, but you're in Melbourne, so the spotlight. But there's a story on the Roosters all the time, and people, whether you love or hate the Roosters, there's yeah. that pressure too. So I know when you sign, and and I was one of those people going, mate, Roosters are going to be hard to beat this year. Mm. Um, but things happening around that game. Did you feel that pressure a little bit? Not not personally, but as a club.
1: Oh, no, yeah, personally, and as the club, I didn't, I don't know if the club felt it, but I don't realise how much, the, like, NRL is actually scrutinised in Sydney. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're the Roosters or, you know, I, definitely the Roosters more than most, but if you're another Sydney team, you're all over the papers if you're having a bad game and they individualise people over here and, um, rightly so. Like, it's it's what everyone wants to read about. Mm. It's what, what people... Sells papers. Yeah, exactly, exactly, what sells papers. But in Melbourne, that just does not exist. Like, mm. you're sixth, seventh page in, mm. probably, like, a good column if you're lucky. Mm. Reedy might actually make his way into the papers in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're looking for a snooze fest. But, um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of advantages to being at Melbourne. You know, when you go out, no one knows who you are. No one's going to, you know annoy you really, and um, the papers, yeah, they they don't really write about you, they only care about AFL.
2: But Sydney loves a winner as well in that sense, like the momentum when the roosters get going, particularly the back end of the year and things like that, that
1: starts to build. Exactly, it has its ups and downs, you know, if you're going bad, you're going bad, and they're going to write about it, if you're going good, you're going good, they're going to write about it. So um, it's just about, I guess, being on the the right side of the papers all all the time, and we definitely built off that momentum this year, so... Um, hopefully we can do that at the start of the year and, and, and not have that, that stigma of Sydney Roosters are a slow-starting team. You know, mm. we need to break that stigma. We're, we're a team that starts from the get-go. Especially
0: in Vegas, mate, the first game in oh, Vegas. Yes. How much are you looking forward to that? The big smile on your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not going to lie. We've only got the, bron- <laughs> we've only got the Bronx. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be, I guess... Cool if uh, – because Robbo, usually when we go to New Zealand or something, for some reason, Robbo takes you a little bit earlier because you've got to climatise. So I'm thinking we need at least two weeks to climatise. <laughs> <laughs> mate, jet, jet lag's a big thing. Know, you know? We need at least two weeks and yeah. there and back. <laughs> yeah, week in LA, then two weeks before in Vegas, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> what about a highlight for you across your journey?
1: A highlight was definitely the my debut against the Aussies. That was uh, – I think it was 2018. I'd played – lock pretty much the whole year I probably played about 40 minutes all up at hooker and then for some reason Michael Maguire picks me to be the starting hooker for the Kiwi side and that was over in New Zealand that was the last time I think the Kiwis played in New Zealand to be honest uh, against the Australian side and um, it was very special I had like childhood heroes of mine you know that were used to play for the Waikiki Rams that I was the ball boy for they were like, when we were running out into the stadium, they were all lined up on the tunnel, like, screaming with their kids. And I was like, these guys, I used <laughs> to be their ball boy. Ran out onto the field, standing to look at the um, – do the anthems, and I could see four rows back, my parents and my whole family just looking straight at me, like, while I was doing the anthem. Bro, couldn't stop bawling my eyes wow. out. Um, then we did the hucker, and then we got the win, bro. I got a try, we got the win. After the game, my autistic cousin, seen him after the game, he started doing the haka with my dad, who's a Pakeha, which is a white boy, and he doesn't know the haka at all, and (laughs) he's a Norwegian bloke, and he started doing the haka with all my family, and it was just most, that was the biggest highlight of my life, and um, something that I'll be able to take to the grave, something my parents will be, you know, they they had a son, they had a dream, and, and they made it come true through their sacrifice, and... Um, that's one of the, the, the moments that I realised that I've, I've, I've actually made it I, I actually lived
2: my dream Amazing oh, I like when you play football And even after the game mate, you're you, One of those books You'll throw back to the old school Like I came through The era of Matty Johns And Andrew Johns And all the boys And lock in those guys Win, lose or draw We'd like to have a beer And have a chat And say mate Where are we going to go For a beer after yeah. And I know Gus Gus is so passionate about it When you it, It's so hard now Because of social media Like even when you lose The camera's on you And Gus and I Have spoken about it Sometimes uh, the fans Don't like that But it's, it's so hard isn't it Because yeah. you, you go on a battle But then afterwards You're, you're pretty relaxed Sort of character
1: Yeah it's, it's, it's tough because you know the media they mm. see people laughing after the game they've just lost obviously it's not a good look yeah. if you've if you've been beaten convincingly but like at the end of the day it's just a, it's just a game and um at when when the bell goes the bell goes it, it's uh, the game's over you can't do anything about it you can there's no point in sulking about it until the you know for the next couple of days it's just and i've got a lot of friends that play in the other other teams so you have to be half happy for them at the same time and um, obviously it's tough. It's just all about perception and what mm. what people think. But um, I like the Jake Devoivich way
0: yeah. of looking at it. It's yeah. like, you know, nothing yeah. on the field. And as soon as he's in the sheds, you'll come and go, well done, mate. Yeah. You know, <laughs> thumbs up and stuff. But he never wants a Manly fan to see him yeah. doing anything but being pissed off yeah. if they lose.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't have it in me because my brain just doesn't let me do it, I think. I just f- sort of forget what happened as soon as it's over and um, I don't know if it's a defensive mechanism to, <laughs> in my yeah, childhood. But it's how you
2: have longevity in yeah, the game. you have yeah. a to switch on and off yeah, when yep, you need but, to. I think that's the main thing.
1: I just, yeah, I've just, I enjoy, especially like tours, bro. When we, when we did a tour in England, the best ever. It's like yeah. Yeah. you go and play these pommie pommy blokes, and then whether you win or lose, it's after the game. It's what pub are we going yeah. to? <laughs> yeah. And then you all just have a mad time again. And I've never met these blokes in my that's life. Nice. I'm acting like they're my best mates, and and you you end up building these unbelievable relationships with these guys that you'd never think that live across the world. And mm. I think that's what literally all sports is about.
2: I'll give you one of the best ones. I know you're a Kiwi, and, you know, we're, <laughs> mate. We're all proud here, uh, you know. Of sport, mate. There was a bloke called Jerry Collins, he, mate. he was one of those blokes that. I might have heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> mate, one of the toughest blokes. Him and Gordon us had a really good relationship. He used to stay at Gordy's yeah. place, and he used to love the Broncos and Rugby League, and vice versa. Whenever we played Wellington Hurricanes or the All Blacks, mate, he would sit in a pub by himself. He'd have a smoke. He'd have his little Bookers, and we'd walk past. We'd go, "There's Jerry." And yeah. Jerry'd go, "Hey, boys, come for a drink." <laughs> yeah, we'll go for a drink. Look, we didn't mate on the field. He's a bloke that you'd fear, but oh, yeah. off the field, he's just, he didn't mind being by himself. And, yeah. you know, yeah, mate, one
1: of the OTS. No, That's exactly it. And I just, I just love that about sports. It's just, you can meet anyone. Like, you can go out to the pub tonight, you go see an NRL player, and you instantly have a connection with them. Yeah. And, and you can talk, sit down and have a talk to them. Like, you can't just walk up and do that to many people. Um so yeah I enjoy it and especially in the East there's a lot of players like Jai Arrow. always see walking around there and always have a good chat to him so yeah. <laughs> he's a good fella he's great belly yeah. he's great belly yeah.
0: he's in here yesterday we had a good chat with him but um you've obviously got a little bit of time off now before I got Christmas another three and weeks How's it work
1: for yep. you got another 3 weeks so uh, I think uh, November 23rd um go back to pre-season Uh, Which is good because it's the first time in five years that I've gone back to pre season before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Just because I've had a most most of the time I've had international rep duty and um, I sort of talked to Robbo about Madge wanted me to play for the Kiwis and with the stum I was advised to get surgery and they probably could have I could probably could have played but Robbo said like if as a club like we'd love for you to sit out but it's your choice and then Oh yeah, but I said yeah, you know, he didn't make me do anything and then I sat back and thought about it and like at the end of the day I want to have a better year for the roosters. I want to put the roosters first. I love my country. I've always loved playing for them, but I need to put my my club first and and, and be able to I guess be more of an impact this year than I was last year and um uh, if that means that I have to train for another month before Christmas. That means I have to train for another
0: oh, month yeah. before Christmas. Right. I do. It's it's two roosters here yeah. in here, Jude no. oh, and yeah. I. Absolutely fantastic. What about this place? Yeah. He came to came to the Gotcha for Life Cup when we beat Manly, and he comes down. He's got the rooster flag. <laughs> he saw us. He's got the come and up and everything? Oh, yeah, that's right, but mate. Anyway, it's fantastic <laughs> yeah. to see you here and enjoying yourself off the field as well. We obviously yeah. love you here at Triple M and listeners. So you've yeah. got a you've got another family here.
1: Glad I'm not in the papers anytime. Exactly. (laughs) It's all good. Thanks for joining us, Chase. Thank you for having me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) The Rush Hour
0: with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.